Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here as we are talking about Bristol. It's Bristol, baby. Here we are in uh, April 2019, April 3rd, 2019, talking about Bristol Motor Speedway. Both the Cup and Xfinity Series will be at Bristol this weekend. The best thing about the Xfinity Series race this weekend, guys, no Kyle Busch. Uh, it's a it's a Dasher Cash event. Dasher Cash event at Bristol Motor Speedway. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this race at the Xfinity Series. And, of course, the Cup race is always a lot of fun to watch at Bristol. 917-889-8280 is the number to call tonight. If you want to join the show, talk to me, Philip Matthew, or Spencer Cowan here about anything we talk about tonight. We've got a, a great show ahead. Like I said, we're going to talk about Bristol. We'll preview that. The 2020 schedule has been released for both the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. A little bit of interest there we'll discuss. Also, short tracks. A lot. This series used to be built on short tracks, the Cup Series. Who is the best short tracker of all time? Who's the best short track driver of this generation that we are currently in? We'll discuss that. If you have any takes on that, Give us a call, 917-889-8280. And there's a little tie-in for me of why I am doing that. I'm going to give you my best short tracker of all time, and you'll figure out why here as the show goes on. But first, guys, I want to discuss um, Bristol. Let's talk about uh, the 2020 schedule here, guys, first, in the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. That's the big news of the day. Uh, Not too much of a change. You know, 33 races still in the Xfinity Series, 23 in the Truck Series. Um, So... No, the amount of races didn't change, but there is a change. The Truck Series used to have two has forever since 1996 has had two races at Martinsville Speedway on the schedule. Now they will have one race. It will be uh, the second to last race of the season for the Truck Series. They will run to Martinsville then on a Friday night. Then it will be a an Xfinity Series race on Saturday. Again, the second to last race of the regular season for the Xfinity Series as well. The first time the Xfinity Series will return to Martinsville Speedway since 2006. And the first time that they will run it, it sounds like, uh, consecutive years here in 2021 since the early 90s. Um, So that's kind of cool to see the Xfinity Series back at Martinsville. And then, of course, you got the cup race on Sunday. Uh, And the trucks will return to Richmond. We haven't seen the trucks at Richmond in a long time. Should be a lot of fun. They used to put on great shows there. Uh, but they lose a race at Martinsville, and the Xfinity Series race lost a race at Richmond, so they'll replace that race, uh, the Xfinity Series race at Richmond, and go to uh, Martinsville Speedway for the Truck Series. Philip Matthew, get your opinion on this first. Um, it's unfortunate we couldn't take a date away from another date because the Martinsville date for the Truck Series was so good, and the Richmond race at Bristol and the Xfinity Series was so good. But what do you think about this? These changes to the um, to the Xfinity Truck Series, you knew. They had to do something to, you know, that Martinsville move to the to the regular season finale or the uh, the second to last race of the year. You knew they had to figure out a way to sort of close that gap because the Xfinity Series hadn't gone to Martinsville. You knew they couldn't just leave that weekend open. So now all three tr- races are going there. Logistically, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull it off. What are your thoughts on on everything we just heard today uh, from the 2020 schedule for the Xfinity and Truck Series? Yeah, I mean. Uh... Initial takes. I mean, it's it's fine. I the I, it goes back to the conversation we had last week about the 2020 schedule. It's basically a mirror. Which, I mean, we talked offline about you know things that probably would be better if they come later on. I think we might talk about it in the show later, or as the season goes on. Uh, I mean, I. Losing a Martins, an extra Martinsville race for the truck series to me doesn't make any sense because it's one of those, you know, st- those are one of those standby races. Those are ones that you hitch, hitch the, the thing to in terms of what the truck series is about. Uh, going back to Richmond, though, is much needed. 
uh, frankly, I don't know why it hasn't been on the schedule for all for since 2005. It says, I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, to me, that's a real, when you consider the kind of racing you generally get at Richmond and how the trucks run at short tracks, the fact they didn't have not run there in, in 14 years or it'll be 15 years when they get there next year is just a, a real uh, head scratcher for me. Uh, Martinsville going back for the Xfinity being the cutoff, of course, is great for um, the Xfinity series, gives a whole um, different uh, spin to their championship. Uh, Martinsville back in the in the heyday of the Bush series was a really tough, hard-fought 200-lap or 250-lap race, so figure it'll be the same thing uh, next year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's a, I think it's a good sign. It's a, it's a first step, basically. They're basically towing the water, like they're just putting the toe in the water with these two series. Uh, there's more work that has to be done. And, uh, you know, there's some gaps in the schedule that are kind of weird and some, uh, things that kind of, especially with the trucks, but then that's been an issue for a long time. Uh, I mean, it's, it's fine for now and we'll see how it works, but I think yep. the greater changes are going to come, uh, here in 2021. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out, but, I'm interested to see how the, uh, like I said, the logistics work out for the Martinsville race uh, in November. It's a triple header weekend. And and a lot of the reason why we couldn't have a triple header weekend prior was because um, the, there just wasn't enough room for all the haulers to be there at the same time. So my guess is they're going to do a one day show for the truck series, get them out Friday cup. Won't even show up to Martinsville. They do a two day show there at Martinsville. Anyway, they won't even show up to Martinsville until early Saturday morning unload the Xfinity series will do all their practice sessions um, and maybe do one practice session on Friday. And then they're gone and the cup guys can come in, uh, do an ex- a practice session between qualifying for the Xfinity series and, and a practice. And then maybe even do a practice session uh, after the Xfinity series or something like that at Martinsville, like we saw with them at the truck series. So uh, it makes for a very interesting weekend, Spencer Cowan. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the triple header weekend there? First triple header weekend we've seen in the truck series and in, in uh, at Martinsville Speedway in its history. It's gonna be really exciting to see how that plays out. Yeah, it is for sure. Martinsville, you know, is a short track, and uh, it definitely shows a lot of finishes. And you know, I'm just kind of excited to see how the Xfinity Series race is gonna play out there because you know them kids are uh, young, you know, and you know winning there and making a move in the last turn, the last lap to win Martinsville. You know, that's, that can make your career, you know, winning a race like that can uh, give you so many opportunities to go into the cup series and for them to uh, finally go back to Martinsville, you know, that's what we want. We want short tracks, you know, it's exciting. We don't want to see so many mile and a half and, you know, who doesn't like a weekend of short track racing? You know, I thought Martinsville for the trucks and cup is exciting. I love watching the short tracks and to bring the Xfinity series, there's uh that's pretty cool. And, you know, I'm ready for 2020, to be honest with you. I want to see how it – you know, we haven't seen it in a while, so we don't know what to expect, and so uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, you know, there's some people out there, and this is a good point. I mean, I've heard this a, a lot here over the last week or two about uh, maybe Iowa coming to the schedule here in a couple of years that, you know, uh, there's some people worried about the truck series losing its identity a little bit with, with now putting it in these Martinsville races in the Xfinity series – um, you know, it was c- kind of an interesting little tidbit because, um, you know, the Xfinity Series cars, you know, if you ran the Xfinity Series for a few years, you hadn't run Martinsville in a long time. So when you got to the Cup Series, after running three or four years in Xfinity, it was like, whoa, I got to go back to Martinsville. And you kind of ran that truck race to get your feet back wet and, and used to Martinsville again because there's nothing like Martinsville. Um, are you afraid at all, Philip, that that, you know, I, I guess some of the uniqueness of Martinsville is going to go away here? Uh or do you think it, the more the merrier? I mean, what are your thoughts on, on that, that, you know, was it cool in your eyes to not have the Xfinity Series running at Martinsville? What are your thoughts? I always felt that, um, that they, it's the same way as I felt about the trucks being at Richmond. I felt like 
they should be running at Martinsville. They made a haphazard attempt back in 2006, ran it in the middle of the summer, and I think 50 people showed up or something, and Kevin Harvick was on his way to his second championship. So he showed up there, flew there on a Saturday during the middle of the summer and destroyed in the 21 uh, AutoZone car and then went back and ran his cup race on Sunday. I don't know where they were running that year, but the reality is they needed to kind of, you know, put it back. I mean, whether they put one Xfinity race and then one truck race or whatever, it might've been if they didn't position Martinsville where they did, that's probably what I think they would have done. Uh, it might happen that way later. It may just stay the way it is. To me, it's great. More Martinsville is one of the classic tracks on the circuit. One of the only ones we have left. Having an Xfinity race there wouldn't hurt for them, and especially if you're talking about the experience, because it's very hard to get around that racetrack, and you earn a win when you get there. When you win there, it's some it's hard earned. Um, even if you had to move on, the point is hard earned. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, quite frankly, it'd probably be better for drivers trying to move up that have realistic chances of actually doing something with their careers. I think it'll actually be good for them. It'll be more laps on that racetrack. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that wholeheartedly. I think, you know, um, it'll, it'll make them, I think, better drivers too, because you have to learn patience. You know, a lot of these racetracks, and I think that's why, uh, we've seen such an uptick in dirt car drivers. A lot of these racetracks are, I think, you got to be a little bit more aggressive at. Um, and Martinsville is a very finesse, very patient, patient, patient racetrack. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch um, these, you know, Xfinity Series drivers. You know, maybe like a Jeremy Clements or a Ryan Sieg who haven't been in the at Martinsville ever. You know, uh, I don't think Clements has run a truck race there. I don't know if Sieg has. I don't might think. I think Sieg might have. Yeah, and Sieg, Sieg might have ran there a long time ago, too, in the trucks when he first started RSS, and maybe even a cup race. I don't know, but it's been a long time either way. So these guys who are sort of lifers in the Xfinity Series, be cool to see them, how they do at, at Martinsville, and, uh, you know, especially when you got the playoffs. And, again, it, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier last week about this schedule, the new schedule changes. It sort of levels the playing field a little bit, you know, by putting more uh, short tracks in, this, in the playoffs. Uh, I think it makes these, you know, teams that, um, you know, who who maybe struggle a mile and a half tracks, it sort of levels the playing field a little bit here uh, as the playoffs have more short tracks. Um, Spencer Cowan, what are your thoughts on 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 moving the truck series to to Richmond? Uh, you know, obviously it's unfortunate we'd lose a date, uh, a Martinsville date for the truck series, um, but you know we replace it with Richmond. It's going to be interesting to see how they run at Richmond. You know, I don't know if you remember what I think Phillips said it was 2005. You were probably what, like five, six years old then when they ran uh, Mar- uh, Rich- Richmond the last time the truck series. So what are you, what's your like thoughts? That, so. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the truck series running Richmond? I mean, if we can, if we can add another track that we haven't raced at and we lose a Martinsville date, I'm fine for it because then we have, two different types of races, you know what I'm saying? You have Martinsville and then you have Richmond and you're not just having two Martinsville races. So it's a, it's a, well, it's not new. They've raced there before, but it's, you can say new because they haven't raced there in a while. So for them coming back, it's going to add some excitement. You know, once again, we're not going to know what to expect. You know, it's probably going to be a good race. And honestly, I, I enjoy Phoenix. Sometimes it can get a little boring, but it's a unique racetrack with the dog leg on the back straightaway. And, so let's, well, I don't know, we'll see um, how it goes. And, um, you know, they're young kids and they're going to go out there with their steering wheels turned all the way. They're going to be sliding or whatever they got to do to win a race. And, you know, it's a new, it's, I guess we can say new again to their, to the schedule in 2020 and it's going to be different. And uh, so why not? So having two different tracks is good instead of having two of the same, at least they didn't take Martinsville, Martinsville out all the way. So. Yeah, I too. think it's a good, good, good trade or vice versa. Yeah, you know, and and I talked about uh, not the Xfinity series not running Martinsville, and that was kind of a, an unfortunate uh, deal. A lot of people kind of looked at it and said, "Well, tradition." Well, tradition, first of all, is Truck Series run Mar- twi- Martinsville twice since 1996. Every year, pretty much that the Truck Series has been around, they've run Martinsville at least two times. So uh, it's kind of unfortunate we're not going to see that again. And and I'm interested to see what they do with that Cup Series event. Uh, under the lights there, 
you know, it's a Saturday night race and there's nothing with them yet. Uh, will we see what, what is going to be the ARCA series in 2020 there with the standalone uh, cup race? That remains to be seen, but that's going to be very interesting to see how they utilize uh, Martinsville. I know came out on Twitter today with a couple of writers and said, Hey, we're still announcing our plans for 2020 with that standalone cup series race. So I'm sure they got something planned. They're not just going to run a standalone cup race. So it's going to be interesting to see how, what happens there. Um, at Martinsville, 917-889-8280. That's the number to call. Ben in North Carolina joins us tonight. Hello, Ben. What do you want to talk about tonight? Hey, um, I was just wondering with this. As, I mean, I'm, it's great to see the Xfinity Series are back, but I'm also kind of worried. There is the potential scenario what happens if Friday rings out. So that's going to create a whole entire situation to mess with spacing. Uh, that's, a, that's a great point. I would assume... And, and maybe Philip uh, and Spencer can chime in on this if they'd like. I would assume they would, if it rains out, you know, you'd, you'd still send the trucks home and tell them to come back uh, Sunday, you know, let the, let the Xfinity Series race, because they got to get out of there. And I know that's an unfortunate thing to do because Martinsville, Virginia is not right around the corner. I mean, it's closer to the shops than, than let's say, uh, a place like um, Phoenix or, or Homestead, well, Homestead, like Homestead, it's probably close to the shops. But I'd tell them, listen, you have to, to leave uh, and get out of there, and they'd have to make a call quick. You know, you can't sit there and do it and say, well, we got, even though you got lights, if it rains that Friday night, you know, you're going to have to make the call by 8, 9 o'clock. You can't just sit there all night and wait for the race to go on. So doesn't make it quick. Get them out of there. Tell them to come back uh, Sunday before the cup race and have them park there and then maybe run it after the cup race on Sunday night. That would be my guess. Philip, do you remember a situation, anything like this that happened with, with something like this? Um, I know it's it's a crazy kind of logistically it's kind of crazy, but you know do you, what do you think they would do? You think they would do something what I just proposed, or or would there be another option for them? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, they run the big late model race there, and they have a huge entry that shows up for that 300 lap late model race there. So, I mean, the there is the possibility that they have more room. I mean, the reality is I've never been, unfortunately, at least not yet. Hopefully I will one day. But, you know, who knows how much space. Maybe they know by doing this triple header they're going to get more space or they're going to have more room. Uh, it's going to be ridiculous. I, it's November in or October in Martinsville at night. So the reality is if it, if it ain't raining, it might be snowing uh, the, cause it's going to be cold. <laughs> so the, I mean, they, there might be issues. It may not be rain. It, it might be other issues, but, uh, you know, I think they've, I guess they know the weather trends and they got all these other, op, uh, whatever the, the different, uh, things and numbers and all these different internet programs and things. They figured out how to go and, they know that the weather will be this more than likely. And they know at this time and they figure they have the logistics planned out because to go and run a triple header at a short track and, you know, small in a very small town, I think they know that worst case scenario, they have other options, but um, I don't know about sending them home, but uh, I do think that they probably have more space I don't know if they have enough space for for what amounts to whatever a hundred plus haulers, but you know that's to be determined. I guess I guess we'll find out next November, in November of uh, twenty, at least. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun to see to see what they do if if they do something like that. Uh, anything else, Ben? You have, a, you have a question on you know about this twenty twenty schedule or what you're looking forward to here this weekend at Bristol? Yeah, um, I, I do have a question. I'm just wondering like that. I guess this is just a per- this is just a maybe 2020 future. I- I've never understood what the whole big deal about Iowa is. I've just never, for whatever reason, gotten on that track. I've just never been a fan of it. Can you explain to me why so many people are so favorable of that track? Well, I think it. You know, first of all, it doesn't really run like a short track. You know, when you think of a short mm-hmm. track, like like we think of, you know, Martinsville yeah. is one. But unfortunately, um there's not a lot of tracks that are cup ready or Xfinity series ready at the moment that run like a true short track, you know, uh, Nashville's a track. I think we all look at and say, 
um, that we want to we want to, we'd love to see the truck series go to. Uh, and there's a, a couple of short tracks on the um, ARCA schedule, which would be pretty cool to see him go to, like Salem. I know is one, and I can't mm-hmm. I don't remember the other ones. So, uh, but they're not nearly cup ready. Iowa's a track; it's a change of pace. Um, you know, the progressive banking there makes for decent racing. Um, and so I think when you look at what Iowa's done, they're as close to a cup track as possible. Um, and that's why I think it's getting mm-hmm. so much play because of the tracks that, that aren't road courses of the tracks that are not on the cup schedule. I believe Iowa's the closest as far as as many grandstands as they have. Uh, you know, the infield care center, all the stuff to, for broadcasting that they need, all the infrastructure that's needed to put on a cup race, put on an Xfinity Series race. Iowa has that with the Xfinity Series race. So um, I think they're as close as any racetrack is uh, that, you know, that makes them favorable in a lot of people's eyes. Listen, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Iowa's the greatest racetrack in the world. But I will tell you, I'd rather watch a race mm-hmm. at Iowa than than a race at Michigan or a race at uh, Texas twice. Oh, you know, I, I oh, would yeah. totally, Texas, I, I would totally, you. totally watch a race, rather watch a race there. So, you know, it's it's not the fact that I think these people sit there and go, you know, um, I was the greatest racetrack in the world. I'm not sure that's what these people think, but they look at it and say, man, that would be a nice change of pace in the schedule because that class, mm-hmm. that track is so much closer to a cup event than any other racetrack on the schedule. Um, do you mm-hmm. feel the same way about that, Philip? And, and I'll get Spencer's uh, opinion on this next too. Do you feel the same way about that, Philip, as, as, as far as Iowa? You think that's the closest track uh, to a cup event that we have? I mean, yes and no. I mean, the, now that ISC is in on the ownership, there's a much better opportunity for them to get a cup date. And I think probably when they do this reshuffle in 21, there's a chance. Uh, the fact is, the I think the track has sh- shown over time, there's been a lot of interesting finishes and there's been some really good side-by-side, you know, door-to-door racing. It has, and Rusty Wallace made it, I mean, for as bad of an announcer as he is, he's a he figured he's a pretty good race car driver, and he, he designed a pretty good racetrack there. And it and it gives you the best of short track racing, and gives you a little bit of big track racing. And I think with some of the changes that have come along with these vehicles, they've kind of screwed it up. You know, they've screwed up the racing there, and also Badger can't make a decent tire if their life depended on it. So that also helps. And there's a lot of characteristics at Iowa because of the weather and a lot of bumps and things that make it a challenging racetrack. So, yeah, in that sense, I think if a cup date was there, it'd be great. And I think they probably should go there. Uh, they'll be like, Oh, it's in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, well, so is a bunch of these other racetracks. And it's like, they're not in the middle of nowhere in other places and they can't draw Jack. So at least, you know, you'll probably draw if you send a cup date there. Uh, Indy cars put on a great show there too. So, I mean, it's the, the reality is it's, an interesting track. That's what it is. And it's different than the cookie cutter nonsense that we have to deal with and big track nonsense that you can't even pass. And you're after five laps that we've had to deal with for the better part of the last 20 years, you know? Right. And I, and that's where I come from. I think it, and that's when you look at it and you say, you know, uh, yeah, it's not the prototypical type short track. You know, I know Matt Weaver on Twitter goes crazy and says, Hey, um, you know, it's not a short track. I was not a short track. I was not a short track. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's something that you look at and you say it's better than anything else. Spencer, how about you? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on Iowa? Do you like that place? And, and uh, do you think it's close to a cup date at all? It makes a good race every time they go there. Um, I think that is the only track – out of all the ones that we have talked about that is currently going to be the closest to being on a cup schedule. That's for sure. Um, just because it's a track that a NASCAR event still goes to, you know, that also helps. Um, but like all the other ones that we were talking about where not any of the NASCAR circuits go there that we would like to see back on the schedule. 
So I think that helps a lot just with them. Like, for instance, the trucks still being there, um, I feel like they can squeeze in or add it to the schedule somewhere uh, rather than going anywhere else where we don't go at all. So, yeah, I think uh, they're probably about the closest to seeing a cup race than anybody else. For sure. For sure, I agree with you. And, uh, Ben, thanks so much for calling tonight, and uh, be sure to call back again next week. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. As Ben in North Carolina, uh, some good questions there for sure to kick around. Uh, and finally, to wrap this 2020 schedule thing up here, guys, uh, you know, Philip, you brought up a great point. I agree with you that we're going to see some changes to the 2021 schedule. I think we're going to see, and we talked about this before the show, we're going to see more changes to the 2021 schedule in the truck series than we will in the Xfinity series in 2020. I think they kind of almost look at, they're going to look at these, like, you remember when Hendrick Motorsports used to have, a, they had a four-car operation, but they had two cars in one garage and two cars in the other garage. You know, you remember famously the 48 and 24 in one garage and the 5 and the 25 in the other garage. I think that's what NASCAR is going to look at as far as the Cup Series and Xfinity Series and the Truck Series and what is going to be the ARCA Series or whatever they want to call it. Um, they're going to basically take the Truck Series and ARCA Series. I believe this is what they're going to do take them to a lot of the same racetracks and use each series as sort of like, well, you're going to get a bang for your buck. Cause not only are you going to get a, a truck event, you're going to get whatever the Arca series is called. Uh, and then the same thing with cup. Well, you're not going to only get a cup event, but you're going to get an Xfinity series event. So um, I think that's what they're going to do with these two series. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they do decide, decide to add a racetrack uh, to the Xfinity schedule. I don't really see it happening. I, again, I just think it's going to be Cup and Xfinity together in trucks, and the truck schedule is going to look a lot different for 2021, I believe, at least, here. 917-889-8280, Talking Circles. It's Clayton Cole, Philip Matthew, and Spencer Cowan here tonight. Uh, I want to get your opinion, guys, on short trackers. You know, this series used to be filled with short tracks, and I know, Philip, uh, I read a book by your, your one of your former drivers, Ernie Irvin, and Ernie Irvin said, you know, what he thinks about short tracks is – it's the perfect way for a driver to learn. You know, uh, that, that's the only way for a driver to learn is to go on a short track. And he, he believes in it so much as far as development is concerned. So, you know, it used to be huge in this series. You know, we used to run a track like uh, North Wilkesboro twice a year. You know, you had Darlington, which doesn't race like a short track for sure, but it was a driver's track. Uh, same thing with, with Rockingham, another driver's racetrack, where you sort of had to feel – the car, you didn't, you know, aerodynamics weren't really a big deal. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at, guys, is, you know, this series used to be built on, you know, the Xfinity series we had a lot of short tracks. You know, we ran at Myrtle Beach, we ran at uh, New Smyrna, we ran, and any uh, all those uh, IRP twice a year. You know, we used to run there a lot, a lot of short tracks, and that's where these a lot of the old school guys sort of cut their teeth on. That's not the case anymore, especially with these kids coming up here in the in the truck series. And in the Xfinity Series, Truck Series, you could be 16, and yeah, you're running short tracks, but you're not really cutting your teeth winning short track championships like we saw with a lot of the guys back in the 90s and before that. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is, guys, uh, who do you think is the best short tracker today? Um, and I'll start with Spencer Cowan here. You know, when you think of a short track and you think of, of a driver who can go out there, and, and whether it's Martinsville, whether it's Richmond, whether it's Bristol, uh, and let's say we throw a random short track in there too. If we ran, let's say just hypothetically say we ran a, a race at, at Nashville, who would be your pick to win? Who do you think is the best short track driver currently in the cup series right now? How about you, Philip? Uh, you kind of have to you, go through and oh, think. Okay. Of, uh, go ahead, Spencer. Think of all of them, but I mean, why not say Kyle Busch? You know, he swept Richmond last year and any track he gets on, he's a threat to win. So, I mean, yeah. I hate to say Kyle Busch, but, I mean, you can't go against the guy. He's an incredible race car driver. He has 203, 204 wins, whatever it is now. I've lost count, but he just – it does not matter what – and like you mentioned, he had trouble at Richmond for – I mean, uh, Martinsville for a while, but it looks like he's got that straightened out. But it's so hard to bet against the guy. It really is. I mean, as much as I don't want to say it, but I have to think he is probably – the, one of the best in this generation, arguably better than Jimmy Johnson. I know I'm kind of getting off topic, but 
that just goes to show you what the guy can do on any racetrack you put him in, uh, regardless if he has the best car or not. So, you know, being with Joe Gibbs helps with that for sure. But uh, I think Kyle Busch is the man on any track you put him on, short, big, whatever. So I have to say him. Listen, I agree, I agree with you. You know, you look at his stats on the short tracks. I mean, he's won seven races at Bristol. I think he's won two now at Martinsville. And he's got a bunch of races, one at Richmond. So I, I agree with you. I think Kyle's a very good answer. How about you, Philip? Anything, anybody we're missing from the current group of, of drivers who you look at as a, as a short tracker and a guy that, again, when you think about a short track and we're going to throw the uh, Cup Series on a random short track across the country, is there that guy you look at and say, that's the guy I want I want to win a race? Because I think, you know, to go back in, in the day, uh, and I don't want to get – we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but there were certain guys where I would always say, listen, if I need to win a short track race, I would hire this guy in a second uh, in the 90s or in the 80s. So uh, I guess I'm curious as to who the answer for you will be uh, if we had to do that today in 2019. I mean, active drivers, I mean, Spencer mentioned Kyle uh, Bush, and that's, the I think, the go-to. But I, I would go Kevin Harvick because he's a veteran. He's been around a long time. He also cut his teeth on the West Coast, Mesa Marin and, you know, Saugus and uh, the some of the other tracks, Bakersfield, you know, like, or whatever. I mean, there's different tracks and. Uh, that they ran out there in the West Coast that he built his name on driving late models and stuff like that. And then he eventually in the West series was now the K-9 West series. I, I, I would say if it isn't Kyle Busch, uh, I would say for would be Kevin Harvick. I mean, he's had pretty good success at Bristol. He's gotten better at Martinsville over time. And Richmond, he's been pretty solid too. So uh, that would be my choice, personally. Yeah, I, I think those are the two guys. You know, when I think about uh, – I think maybe Kurt, you throw in there, too. Kurt's done really well on yeah. short tracks. Um, you know, he's another guy. But, you know, Harvick and Kurt are sort of a throwback. Um, and that's that's where I kind of look at it and say, hmm, you know, it, it you miss those guys who cut their teeth on a short track. You know, you, you, you brought up great points, all of them there, Philip, where, you know, Harvick cut his teeth on the K&N West Series and all the short tracks there, and – um, you know, in the truck series, even when Harvick was running cup or truck races, uh, there was a lot of short tracks there. And even in the Xfinity series, when Harvick was first running there in 99 and 2000, there was a lot more short tracks there than there are today. So, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I want to see more short tracks is because I believe in that and I believe in development. That's a huge, huge deal, um, for these guys. So I, I, I started that question because I want to sort of get back into the history of things here. And I have my answer to this question. I'm going to give you guys uh, an answer to it before I, I give you my choice for this. Um, but, Philip, I'll start with you. Who do you think is, when you think of all-time great short track drivers in NASCAR, I mean, and, and you know, we used to have a lot more. We used to have, in the 70s, we had Nashville, North Wilkesboro, uh, just to name a couple more, uh, Bristol, Martinsville, um, you know, uh, uh, Richmond. But Richmond was, was uh, a different configuration and half mile track than than the three quarters track we have today, three quarter mile track that we have today. So um, when you think about that, listen, Richard Petty won a ton of races there. It could be very well be him. He won a ton of short track, ton of dirt races. Who do you think is the all time? When you think of of an all time short tracker, who's your pick? In terms of NASCAR, just strictly NASCAR. Well, yeah, guys who, um, you know, ran in the cup series and had, and had a, you know, it, it, listen, it could be it could be somebody you look at and say, um, you know, let's say hypothetically it's Rusty Wallace, and you just say, well, because Rusty also was great in ASA or something like that. So uh, who do you think? You know, I, I, as long as it's somebody we know, uh, I don't mind. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be NASCAR. I, I think um, the guys that are legitimately out there are going to have some kind of NASCAR ties, whether it's modifieds yeah. or, or or something like that. Uh, who yeah. What, who do you think it is? Dick Trickle. Um, that's that's when you said the question about greatest short tracker. I mean, thousands of feature wins, ASA, ARCO championships, 
got called in in 88 to go and take over the Stavola brothers car for when Bobby Allison had his career ending rack at 48 years of age and won cup rookie of the year. He never um, saw the kind of success that he really deserved there in the cup series, but he won a couple of Bush races, one at Darlington, I think, and one at Hickory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is he's a freaking legend and he, uh, he was a Midwest legend. He built himself up from nothing. And you named Rusty earlier. You talk about Kenny Wallace. You talk about Ken Zith. There's all these people that come from the Midwest. Mark Martin. They all ran. Alan, Alan Kowicki. Yeah. And Kenny I Schrader. mean, it was a couple of days ago. He passed away. Is the anniversary of his death and three other executives at home uh, with Hooters there in the plane crash. Uh, I mean, you think about the ASA back in the day, and in in that area, you had to beat Dick Trickle. And he came to Cup, and he was universally respected by everybody, you know, because of how good he was. Um, there's, There's other guys that have the Cup records and whatever, and you know, won a bunch of races, but, and those guys are in a hall of fame too. But to me, if you're going to talk about short tracks, you think about short tracks to me, it's trickle. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good answer. Um, I, I can't agree with that. You know, I can't, I can't argue with you. I'm going to go with a guy and this is where I, I kind of want to tie it all in and we'll get your opinions on this in a little bit. I'm going to go with Daryl Waltrip and uh, DW. Listen, I know a lot of people look at, at his, broadcasting career and i know it drives some people crazy the boogity 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 stuff but and and listen i grew up in an era and i've said this before i grew up in an era where i grew up in the mid to late 90s and daryl was a shell of himself unfortunately um than what he was in the 80s and 70s and even in the early 90s uh but when you look at how many wins he had uh at richmond how many wins he won bristol seven year seven times in a row um, you know, he was some phenomenal at Nashville. Now he grew up there and ran a lot of races there, but still he was fantastic there when he got to the cup series there. He won races at won a ton of races at Martinsville, a ton of races at North Wilkesboro. Um, Daryl Waltrip is to me, um, when you think about short trackers, he is certainly the guy that now that, that was, that goes to the list. Now he put it all together. He won a ton of Coca-Cola 600s. He won a Daytona 500, he put it all together and was a real package for a long time. And, you know, again, uh, he was very brash in his career early. Um, and his sort of the tail end of his broadcasting career, he hasn't been, I don't think, as uh, good in the booth as he was earlier. He's been out of the car, I think, too long. I think it's time for him to go now. There's rumors here, guys, and uh, I have a pretty confirmed report, a pretty good rumor, a pretty good idea that Friday at Bristol Motor Speedway, Darrell Waltrip will be announcing his retirement from the booth at the end of the 2019 Fox season. Um, and there's been an article I, I know I'm sure Phillips familiar with, and I'm sure Spencer is too. An article on Twitter by uh, a, a writer who was very critical of Darrell, very critical of his commentary over the last couple of years. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, um, when. I, who do you think, if, if there's anybody out there, who do you think is a good replacement for Darrell Waltrip? I mean, um, for, in the booth, because it looks pretty inevitable that we will have a uh, a new guy in the booth for next season. Now, uh, if you followed this closely and you followed the reports closely, a lot of the rumors have Kevin Harvick going there and running and and being a broadcaster for Fox. Now, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think Harvick still has a couple more years racing and left him. He's, he's denied the r- rumors, completely denied the rumors. So that's totally not true. But, you know, we saw uh, uh, NBC do something sort of unprecedented where they went out and got a crew chief in his prime and Steve Latart and brought him up to the booth. Now, we knew Latart was sort of leaving a year before NBC ha- that happened. So it, was, it would be a bigger shock to see Harvick do it. Um, so let's take Harvick off the table, Spencer, and I'll start with you. Let's take Harvick off the table right now because I think he's going to be in the Cup Series in 2020, but you know things change, and, and who knows what will be in two or three months. 
But uh, who do you think is a good replacement up in the booth for Daryl Waltrip next season? If if that's in case that that is indeed what we're going to hear this Friday at Bristol Motor Speedway. Yeah, it's tough because you really don't know. Uh, I can't really think off the top of my head who has retired recently and what crew chiefs have. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, Darrell Walsh definitely, you know, he has been out of the Carlson Wall, and you need somebody up there that knows what it is like to be in the car. And let's face it, he has, he's he been out for so long. It's changed, like, a lot. So, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to – I want to say – I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I'm just going to go with the guy who has retired recently and still mm-hmm. knows what it's like, um, whether they'd be good or not but they know what they're talking about. Probably Carl Edwards or Greg Biffle. I don't know if they could be good at a commentary. Who would have thought Dale Jr. would be good at commentary, but he's up in the booth. But I say them just because they are not currently racing, and those are really the only two guys I can think of that still would have an idea of what it's like to be behind the wheel of a race car and can give you good feedback up in the booth. Um, You guys probably might think of a couple more names, but that's off the top of my head. I think Carl is a good – he's a good, talented – he knows a lot – a lot of information of what it takes to be behind the wheel. And I think uh, he can be good and, you know, he has a good attitude and he, he just, I think he would be a good fit up in the, in the suit and uh, suited up and tied up and, and uh, be up there calling a race. And he's a likable guy. So that's not a terrible, a terrible choice if he wants to do it. Um, you know, I'm certainly that that'll be a, a phone call Fox would have uh, and it get him close to close to the racetrack. So I don't think that's a horrible, horrible decision um, there and, and you know he doesn't have any experience really. I mean he, we seen him. I, I'm sure he probably did some some races in Xfinity when he was you know uh, going around. And I know he once or twice during the All Star Open he uh, he he did some announcing as well. So that's not a terrible terrible choice there. Uh, how about you, Philip? I mean, listen, you know, could the, is it possible that Fox goes out and says, listen, NBC, we like Dale Jarrett or we like Jeff Burton. Uh, and we want to co- sort of pull them from NBC and throw them into the booth with Jeff Gordon. Uh, or do you think they should go with the crew chief route? I think personally having two driver's opinions up there uh, is, is, is good, but it, it, it sort of you get the same thing out of them. Um, and when you bring a crew chief up, you know, kind of looking at the uh, strategy call, you know, and that's what Larry Mack does so well. I think Larry Mack does a great job. Um, and it's possible they could bring Larry Mack back up to the booth. Um, what do you think, Philip? What do you think Fox is going to do here? I mean, that's exactly where I was going to go. I mean, they, for some reason, decided that, you know, they had this whatever chemistry between Mike, Larry, and Daryl. And it worked for a while, and then it started to fade, mainly because of Daryl. And now Mike Joy basically mumbles and makes no sense. And then you have Jeff Gordon going and being a cheerleader for Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, the the fact is, Larry's. I mean, the Larry used to get to me because of his, you know, you know, drawl and all his inability to pronounce words and things like that. But what I've realized is he's. And there's a lot of people that have come in and they said how 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 serious he takes this paired he is and he still cares and he's so in in tune with what's going on even though he has not wrenched theoretically been I mean outside of Brandon's vehicles and you know some people probably are close friends he hasn't been on a pit box outside of Brandon for you know almost two decades but the difference between him and Daryl is I think honestly Larry is closer to the action and I think Larry cares way more, and it's not about a show. He really wants to know these things, and he really understands these things. And I think him and Jeff together would be a great combination. I would go one step further, and they're talking about Mike Joy, and they're going to replace him with Adam Alexander, which is just which is what I've heard, which is which is an abomination because Adam Alexander is horrendous at life, let alone announcing. But the but the fact is, I mean, if you put him in a pit, you just put him back in the pits. The fact they make him a lead announcer is is horrendous. It's the same with Vince Welsh, who has been terrible since 1996. 
His son's great, but he's bad. I'm sorry for the tangent, but it just reminds me of how bad Fox is. Go and get Alan Bestwick. Alan Bestwick is, shouldn't be unemployed or shouldn't be calling tennis. He should be calling racing, and he should be calling important races. He had to sit there as a caddy for Scott Goodyear and Eddie Cheever, making no sense for the last few years calling IndyCar races. Give him the opportunity to go and be a lead announcer of a big broadcast. He used to do it for the MRN, for MRN. He used to do it for ESPN, and he was great at it. And he's the closest thing to me to the old, you know, to the Squires and, you know, the, the Bob Jenkins and the people that I enjoyed the most. And you put him there and you put Jeff Gordon and you put Larry Mack, that would be the perfect combination to me. And it would actually make me want to watch Fox and NASCAR. It wouldn't fix some of the people they employ on their road. But the fact is, at least at the booth, in the booth level, they'd have that fit. Yeah. That's it, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see where they go. And again, you know, um, it's pretty much speculation, but I have a pretty good source that has come out and said, uh, I shouldn't say source, but I've heard some people, you know, and I don't think it's picking up steam. You look at Daryl's tweet the last couple of weeks, couple of days, and it's basically been like, uh, you know, um, it, it, you can see the handwriting's on the wall. You know, a lot of people are saying he's going to be retiring. I, I think it's probably going to be announced this weekend. He's had some success at Bristol in his career. So it makes sense to sort of do it here this weekend. Um, we'll see. You know, it might not happen this weekend. I don't know. Um, but I just, since it's kind of a, kind of a hot topic, I think we're going to, uh, it's something to talk about. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people who have their opinions on this stuff about broadcasters and, and things like that. Um, you know, and, and I thought Daryl was very good for a while. Uh, you know, yes. but I think it's, it's time has, has come, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. When you're out 20 years, and not that he's has been out only 20 years, he's the last five, four or five years of his career, especially in Cup, was uh, you know he wasn't very, he wasn't winning races and being competitive, you know. Let's be honest. And so um, it's he been the last eight years of his career, <laughs> right? And it's been it's been a long time since he was real competitive in, in a Cup series. So uh, it's it's time for some fresh blood up there. I agree. You know, it's been a great 20 year run for that Fox crew with the Mick Reynolds and, and, and Daryl and and Mike joy. Um, but you know, I, sometimes things change, you know, and that's the way it goes. Uh, I want to talk about Bristol guy here next guys. But again, if you have an opinion on that guys, nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero talking in circles, it's Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew, Spencer Cowan here tonight, uh, Bristol motor speedway this weekend, Dasher cash Xfinity series race, Philip, thank goodness. Because yeah. man, I, I'm getting tired of. If could you imagine if if we didn't have this limit on the on the Cup guys in the Xfinity Series, how how much we'd be not looking forward to this Xfinity Series race? It's gonna be awesome to see how these guys run. Um, I guess you know since it start this to me really starts the beginning of the Xfinity Series season. I hate to be that way, but it's true because this is where we start to see the Xfinity Series drivers and teams spread their wings and really become. Um, you know, a championship contender, and we can kind of see how they run against each other. We've seen Christopher Bell run really good at times this year. We've seen Justin Allgaier run pretty good at times this year. Uh, Cole Custer's been fast. Tyler Reddick's been fast. I think those four have really kind of separated themselves from the group. Um, what do you think you're going to see from the Xfinity Series this weekend uh, at Bristol Motor Speedway? I think we're going to see a really good race and because – they've had this focus on one certain driver because I think there has to be some sort of game or bonus or something that they have to go and talk about him constantly. Like he's, he's the savior of the earth or something. Uh, Now that they actually are going to focus on the racing and focus on these, these guys that sorry, I went Kyle Petty there. I said these guys, but talking about Custer, Justin Allgaier, Tyler Reddick, Chris Bell, this this championship battle, theoretically, we might be talking about those four here in a few months, deciding it at Homestead, and it wouldn't be shocking at all. And those are the four top-line drivers, and I'd like to see a head, heads-up battle between Chris Bell, Cole Custer, or, you know, Chris Bell and, and, uh, and Tyler Reddick. I think Tyler Reddick 
is trying to prove something, being that he moved to a different organization and he wants to show that it wasn't fluky that he won that championship. He's been fast all year, and so is Cole Custer. But Chris Bell knows there's a, there's some stuff to prove, and there's rumors already about where he's going to go next year. But I think he has some unfinished business here. And this is the first test, really, first chance that all these guys really have to uh, show themselves and, and really get proper you know, attention. So it'll be nice to see. And uh, this week I'll actually be watching the Xfinity race. It hasn't been part of my uh, viewing entertainment for the last three or four weeks. So at least I'm glad I'll be able to have something to watch on Saturday. I, I think, again, you know, it's sort of an old school weekend because we talked about it off the air where the Xfinity series, my biggest problem with the series was it's, it's lost in the, its identity. It used to really have a great identity when we were in the 90s. You know, I say when we were growing up, because we sort of grew up in the same era, it had a great identity. You know, you had a lot of drivers who were running that series. It was sort of like the truck series is today, but with more short tracks. You know, like a lot of guys who made their careers there and did a great job mm-hmm. there. Um, and now it's sort of cup light, uh, and uh, it, it's nice to see. And what I love about it now is, you know, they had that they had that ridiculous saying a few years ago where names are made here and it's like no it's not you know how how are names made there when you got kyle bush lead 400 leading 400 laps every xfinity series race and winning all the xfinity series races how are names made there by finishing second to kyle bush that's how names are made yeah. there so it didn't really make a whole lot of sense um so i'm excited to see what what goes on with this xfinity series race this weekend uh spencer how about you what are your thoughts on this Xfinity Series race this weekend? Uh, anybody that really stands out to you that, that could put up a, a pretty good race this weekend at, uh, at Bristol? Uh, I'm going to go, well, thank God Kyle Bush isn't in it because we'd probably already know who to give the trophy to. Yeah. But uh, let's say Tyler Reddick, he's run great all year. He's running in the top five. He's giving everybody a run for their money, so. Tyler Reddick is definitely a threat. And RCR has been running really well in the Xfinity Series. I was shocked ever since Daytona 10 now. He's been up front. So, uh, him, you got to look out for Bell. He's good. So, um, yeah, there's no Cup guys in this this week. So, I think uh, Reddick and RCR equipment is probably your best guy to look out for, Al Geyer. Um So, I'm, my pick is going to go with the two-car as the winner for uh, Bristol, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, and let's let's do dark horses before we move on to the cup race. Um, how about you, Philip? Is there anybody you look at and as a dark horse in maybe this race, a guy who hasn't won an Xfinity race, um, or somebody who, you know, they don't even have to to win, but really have a strong run? Is there any dark horse that you're going to keep an eye out on this weekend at Bristol? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it during the recap. I and he won a stage last week. I'm I'm curious to see what Ryan Sieg's going to do as a follow-up now that mm-hmm. we're in a X basically an Xfinity only race. I mean, there might be guys who are actually going to run the Cup race on Sunday, but you know, I I'm curious to see what that 39 is going to do and Chastain uh, what they can bring out there in that battle for that cutoff spot, basically. Those, I mean, definitely it's it's the 39, Orion Sieg. He's made a lot of progress these last few years. I remember him being in a truck, not really being of any great, nothing big. But over the years, he's gotten better. His dad and the family, they've made this team better. And now you're talking about Shane Wilson being there. He's one of the most underrated coaches in the business. And they have a really good organization, really good team going on there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do uh, on Saturday. If they could go and beat all the big boys and go and lock themselves into the the playoff here. I would be that would be a big deal. That would be a big uh, big win for them, and in general, be big for the sport. Yeah, it would be awesome to see if they can pull that off. Uh, and I think Chastain's a guy to keep an eye on for sure. We've talked about that four team um, not really being uh, as competitive as they have Our been in the past been years off, since last year. Yeah, so we'll see if the short tracks if they can fig- if figure it out here at the short track this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. 
Uh, Cup Series, guys. Okay, so um, obviously Bristol's a great race. We talked a little bit about guys who we look at and say who are good short trackers. Kyle Busch, we obviously had on that list. Kurt Busch, you know, you uh, felt brought up uh, Kevin Harvick. Um, so I'll start with you, Spencer. Who do you think's got a good shot at running good this weekend in the Cup Series and, and, and going to victory lane? Would you like me to leave Kyle Busch out? Uh, you can put Kyle Busch in. He's running the uh, Cup race, isn't he? Okay, well, I figured we were tired of talking about him, so I was going to ask somebody else. But uh, uh, he's got to in. I guess Kyle Busch, he's got a hell of a shot at winning it. You know, he's got two sweeps there, and he's he won there last year. So, um, man, I hate picking the guy. I really do, but you got to, and we all know that. Um, but there's a lot of guys that run well there. They like Kyle Larson's really good there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought he damn near had the thing won last year until Bush put the bumper to him. So I'm going to have to go with the 42 is another good pick. Um, even though they're a little bit off so far, they just really cannot inch their way up really high into the top 10. Like you mentioned in the previous show, it's around 12th. So um, I'm going to go Kyle Larson, the 18. And I'm going to go with the uh, – I'm just going to stick with those two and let you guys pick. Cool. Uh, how about you, Philip? I mean, there's a, we talked about Harvick. He's, he's run good here in the past. Uh, I know Clint Boyer uh, is a good short tracker. Kozlowski, your guy – I mean, Penske seems to have, have their stuff figured out here, uh, especially of late. You have Logano, who runs good. Blaney, too. Uh, Blaney. Blaney, you can see Blaney running good here. Who do you got there, uh, Philip, as far as um, winning this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway? I mean, in the one uh, fantasy pool that I play, and I picked Harvick uh, for this weekend, so I'll just go with go with the happy Harvick. He's won there before in Stuart Haas equipment. So I and and the point is, it's like it's been there. People are already getting, people are freaking out. Oh man, Kevin Harvick ain't running so well. He's third in points. Uh, yeah. The the reality is he's due, and Rodney Childers is due, and they've had plenty of bad luck over the, all the years they've been together. So it's time that they're likely to go and pull one off, and it would be a good weekend to do it. Uh, the one person that outside of that, that would kind of be an out, theoretically an outside person because it's not somebody everyone thinks about, but his record at Bristol is pretty solid, is uh, oh Richard, or uh, as I like to call him, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's got multiple second-place finishes there. He's been really – the point is those second-place finishes, he could have really won if he had a few more laps there. He's – got a knack at running Bristol and uh and that and I think it's mainly because of his sprint car days and being able to run that high line running the fence and kind of like Larson in a, in a way you know being able to run that high line and make it work uh, has really fit Stenhouse's style and you know if we're going to go for an outside pick and it's somebody that's off the beaten path Ricky Stenhouse has the has statistics that show that he could probably go and pull one off. So that's who I picked for this week. Yeah, I mean Stenhouse, you remember all up those uh second place finish. You know, that was back to when, you know, it was sort of still early in his career. Um he's got a great track record here. Like you said, you know, he's got four top fives and six top tens and and twelve starts. So he's done a really good job here in the past. Uh we could totally see him out, going out there and uh, and putting together a solid weekend at Bristol. This track's changed a lot here, obviously, since back in its heyday. But a, a guy who's got six wins here, the two that we didn't mention, at least in our little thing, was Kurt Busch. He's got six wins, won the uh, last race at Bristol Motor Speedway, last race we ran there uh, for Stuart Haas Racing in the 41 car last year. He won the night race at Bristol, too. So don't forget about Kurt Busch either um, when p- doing your picks this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. I love Bristol. Uh, it it it. It's an even playing field. You know, you still see some beating and banging there a little bit. Um, and, and it's nice to see, you know, uh, where aerodynamics don't come into play so much at these racetracks anymore. So uh, it be, it's going to be awesome to see. 
Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking Circles tonight. Again, if you like us on, if you like what you heard tonight, like us on Facebook, uh, like us on Twitter. We we do a lot of stuff on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, we we post all our shows there, so uh, be sure to, to to do that here as the uh, as you listen more and more, so you can listen to all our shows. Uh, Spencer Callen and Philip Matthew, thank you guys so much for them. I'm Clayton Caldwell. We'll see you after Bristol. We'll break down uh, the race after Bristol Motor Speedway on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.